I remember seeing Selena for the first time her sophomore year, and I was on my hallway duty, getting students uh, out of the hallway and into class. Um, it's, and uh, in one of the staircases in the in the middle of the hallway, I just heard this huge bellowing voice, and she's like, rah, rah, rah. and I look over, and here she comes out. She's in her athletic uniform. It was soccer or softball or something, and uh, you know she's got her, her flip flops on, and she's got her her hair up in a in a bun, uh, in one of those sloppy buns, and and she's just you know loud and talking, talking, talking. And uh, I saw her, and uh, I didn't know who she was, and so I wasn't going to engage with her. And so the security guard kind of stepped in, and he knew her because he's a coach too. And so he, you know, was like, "Come on, Selena, you got to go." And she just kept rah, 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 rah. and I just said, "Okay, she's she's definitely got got some attitude." The image of the spirited, disruptive young woman stuck with Ray Salazar. He had been teaching high school in Chicago for 18 years, so Salazar had seen a lot of students come and go. But Selena Richter was unusual, sometimes frustratingly so. When she enrolled in one of his classes the next fall, Salazar immediately remembered the exchange in the hall. At first, he wasn't exactly thrilled to have Selena as a student, and they had a pretty rocky relationship for a while. But Selena would also come to hold a special place in Salazar's memory. It just took a lot of time, a dose of patience, and some softening of his heart. Her junior year, the following year, she ended up in my AP English language class. And I saw her walk in and I said, oh, it's that, it's that loud girl. Great. I was a handful. Well, the first week I had him, like, it didn't take him long at all to get him really mad. Because I, I like to talk a lot especially when I'm around my friends. She and her two friends are sitting at a table, you know, almost right in front of me, and the whole time I'm kind of moving students around, they just would not stop talking. And we kept talking and talking. That annoying, you know, you just hear while you're trying to, to talk to a group of people. Like, he kept telling us, okay, like, to be quiet, to be quiet. And then I wasn't. And he got really mad. And I try to keep my calm, try to keep my calm, you know, but I could just feel the anger in me and the frustration in me rising. And uh, I told him where uh, she was going to sit, and she wouldn't get up. You know, she's like, no, no, I'm not getting up, I'm not getting up. I never got any of my teachers mad like I did with him that day. Just strong attitude, she's like, no, I'm not moving. And, you know, it was like a back and forth. He was so annoyed, like bothered, because I wouldn't stop talking like I didn't listen. Finally just blew up, you know. It was one of the <laughs> one of those classic teacher moments where I just blew up. And I said, stop talking and get up now. <laughs> he told me, I forgot, I don't remember what he told me, but I know he screamed at me. And everybody in the room just like froze and stared at me. And I thought, oh, damn it, I just messed this up. And, like, me, when people scream at me, I get nervous, so I laugh. And so I was laughing. And uh, that was it. The bell rang. <laughs> and, like, he, he looked so mad, so mad. Like, I was pushing his buttons big time. This was my 18th year. And so part of it was, you know, my ego thinking, like, you know, I, I don't deal with these issues anymore in my classroom after 18 years. You know, part of me was just thinking, you know, how dare she? How dare she challenge me? <laughs> I was really surprised because, like, it was so quick and, like, he just, he kind of, like, literally, like, he blew up. So I, I didn't expect that at all. Salazar cooled down overnight, and before the AP English class met again, he decided to try a new strategy with Selena, a strategy he had never tried before. 
I moved Selena to her new seat. And that new seat was at my desk. <laughs> That's where she was going to sit. I was so upset. I was so mad. Like, I don't want to sit by myself. That's not fair, everyone else. Because my friend, he told both of us to, like, separate, to go sit by ourselves. She got to sit back with the group, and I didn't. So I was like, that's not fair. Like, why do I have to sit by myself, but everyone else gets to sit with each other? And uh, she got there, and I think seeing me blow up kind of got some reaction in her and uh, and maybe, I think, made her um, kind of question her, her behavior. Um, it was definitely not smooth sailing every day after that. Like, I would get bored because... Everybody was sitting by, with, like, my friends and stuff, and I had to sit by myself. But she moved to my desk, and that's where that's where she sat. In his little desk thing, he always had, like, Post-it notes. She'd pull out uh, the big drawer in the center sometimes, and she would lay out all of my Post-it notes. <laughs> so she'd cover the, the whole drawer with it. There were sometimes I'd write notes on there, like, I'm your favorite student, or, like, one time I put Post-it notes all over his desk. And... <laughs> And she would leave, you know, notes for me sometimes. And uh, there was one note that she wrote on there, and she left. Uh, she said, Selena is my favorite student. And I'd write back to her. I'm like, eh, sometimes. <laughs> I like sitting at his desk towards the end. I liked it a lot. Later on in the year when we change desks and I give students an opportunity to choose where they want to sit and who they want to sit with, and so one of her friends from across the room, the other end of the room, yells out, hey, Selena, where are you going to sit? <laughs> she just said, I'm going to sit right here because he doesn't let me sit anywhere else. <laughs> and I hadn't said anything to her. She just realized that this was the best place for her. Because, like, when we had work to do and we really need to, to, needed to do it, like, other people, they could work together because they wouldn't, like, talk, I guess, about, like, stuff that wasn't, didn't have to do with the work. And when I wanted a partner, I'd get one and we'd just talk about stuff that had nothing to do with, like, what we're supposed to be doing. So when I did it by myself, I'd get it done because I had no one to talk to. Stationing Selena at the desk helped keep her focused and less disruptive, but it didn't address the deeper problems, the underlying cause of her behavior. To help do that, Salazar had to get to know her much better. I, I understood her after she wrote her first, uh, the first big writing assignment, uh, the a personal essay. We start off the year with that. And I don't remember which prompt she wrote about, but I remember the essay. My personal statement was about my parents not being together and how, like, I have two brothers. I'm the baby. So my brothers had each other, and they didn't really talk about anything, like about my parents splitting up and stuff, and I had myself. And so my mom worked all the time, so I, I didn't have anyone to go to, so I would keep everything to myself. And then high school came, and I realized, like, that that really was, like, a problem for me. You know, I was reading the essay, and my heart broke because I thought about my little girl, and she was six at the time. And I, you know, I just imagined, I tried to imagine what the world must be like for a little girl trying to make sense out of all this chaos and not being able to ask the questions and maybe not being able to get the answers and, and the, have the understanding of what's happening. I definitely think that's part of the reason why I would act out because I always wanted attention. Not that I necessarily wouldn't get it at home, but it wasn't what I wanted. So like, I would go to school and like mess with Salazar and yeah, and then that's how I'd get attention. I started to joke around with her a little bit more. Um, 
I complimented her sincerely about her writing, and I think, I hope that made a difference. I hope that contributed to it. I hope that I made her see how much value I saw in her writing and, and really how intelligent she is, because she, she really is, and she's, she's, she really does have a good head on her shoulders. My writing, I'm so negative with it. I always feel like I'm wrong, and he'd always tell me, like, it's not about being right or wrong, it's what you think. And maybe she started seeing me in a new way, and I wasn't that, you know, that grumpy man uh, who's, who just wants her to, to, to be silent. You know, I really wanted her to find a voice, um, but I wanted her to, to do it in a way that, that was not self-destructive. I feel like he was always pushing me, like telling me I could do something, when I would be like, no, I can't. No, I can't do it. I think that Selena reminded me of the need to see the humanity in what we do as teachers. She pushed me to remember the importance of patience. I think we got really, like, really close, and like he grew on me. Uh, I think I've I've definitely learned to look beyond the things that I might automatically chalk up as being petty or annoying and remember that the students that I work with are not defined by those little things that might bug me and, and irk me. I have to remember the, the bigger soul and the bigger mind that, that's really inhabiting that, that space where I work. Selena's now a freshman in college, and Ray Salazar continues to teach. He also writes a blog called The White Rhino about his experiences in the classroom. The two of them keep in touch. This podcast was created by The Teacher Project, an education reporting fellowship at Columbia Journalism School. It was produced by Mallory Falk. Thanks to Matt Thompson and to Aaliyah Wong at The Atlantic for their support, and a big shout out to Ray Salazar and to Selena Richter. Mm-hmm.